Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Morgan's Universe. I am your host, Morgan. And I'm Annie. <laughs> I feel like I was being very, I was stressed about timing that because you were sipping water. No, I was ready, though. You were ready. Well, you were like mid-sip, but you were ready to go. And Annie. And Annie. I think I'm doing it in Steven Universe style is why. I like it. Thank you. Because, like, it's giving very in Steven. That's exactly that's what the, I was going That's for. the vibe. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, welcome back, y'all. It is episode four, and we have just finished watching Frybo and Catfingers. Yes. Yes, which are episodes five and six. Two episodes of demonic possession, I would say. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And when I was watching, when I was, when we decided to start going from one episode per pod episode to going yeah. two Steven episodes per pod episode, I was like, the pair up of Catfinger and Frybo gonna be gnarly. And it was. And it was honestly emotional at the end. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like the end of uh, Catfingers is definitely... Oh, my God. I don't think we've seen anything quite like that yet. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we'll go for some quick recaps. So Frybo... Is an episode about Stephen. Um, well, it starts off with him having lost his pants, and <laughs> so it's just so relatable. <laughs> his pants are gone, um, and we also are met with Pearl, who's looking for a shard of magical powers. Right, um, and she's talking to Stephen. Stephen is like not paying attention. Right, they're both on the hunt. One for pants, the other for this magical shard and probably both dealing with their own form of adhd absolutely or at least hyperfixation super hyperfixation yeah. Yeah. right um and so steven not paying attention to pearl at all finds his pants and we quickly realize that there is a shard this one of these magical shards that pearl has you know he picked up on the fact that there's something missing right and he's like i think this is what pearl's talking about but then on his hunt for Pearl, who is now not in the temple anymore. Well, we he, he doesn't hear her say what it does. Keep the gem away. Keep the yeah. shard away from articles of clothing, which is right. oddly specific. Oddly specific. No fabrics allowed. No. Um, but he's not paying attention. I, like we no. said, totally um, disassociated. Not this is, but just no. Distracted. I would say yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. He's dissociating. He's in his head. Fixated on the pants. Fixated on the pants. Can't Wouldn't you attention. if you weren't wearing pants? I would be. Yeah. No. I've. And that's, where are my pants? Where are they? Yeah. I'm not paying attention to anything. And you're it saying turns out right it's not now. his fault because the pants. The pants already had the shard. In already them. had the shard. The part, so they pants were already hiding. Yeah. If we're being honest. Um. But so he goes, finds the pants, and on his hunt for pearl, comes across Petey, who we haven't met yet. Have we? We haven't met Petey. I don't think so. No. No. So. We meet Petey for the first time, and Petey is the son of Fryman, who mm-hmm. is the fry stand owner at the pier. He's the fry man. He's the well, he's the fry boy to the fry man. Petey is. Petey yes. is. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Fry man is indeed the fry, fry man. man. Yeah. Yes. Um, and Petey is wearing the Fryman costume called Frybo. And uh Petey's hates his life. He's like hating it. He hates his job. He doesn't want to be doing this. He's like, I miss being a kid. I don't want to do this work. This sucks. Um, and then Steven's like, I have a brilliant idea. And it's, it was so funny because as soon as he says that, Annie goes, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you like, don't you don't say don't keep it. Don't get it next to garments without having a, a, a plot twist that right. involves garments. Yes. The the 
the setup was very clear. Yeah. <laughs> from the jump. So you knew. It's yeah. like you as soon as you saw the uh, the door to walk through you were like I know uh, what door. I know what door. Yeah. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Although I didn't see the f- the combat coming, which was cool. You weren't ready for it. No. Yeah. Yeah. So we give Frybo the shard. Frybo becomes sentient. <laughs> and demonic. Demonic. Well, it starts off kind of like a little sweet, but also they're already kind of like why are your legs made of fries? That's disgusting. Absolutely. From that the jump, gross. they're kind of like, that's weird, but let's go be kids. You know, yeah. they run, they leave, they go have but a good the time. the disillusionment with childhood is immediate. There's a f- <laughs> they have a full existential crisis. Yeah. Petey has, that's interesting, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. He gets into this whole, like, what does it mean to be a working person yeah. in this culture? What does it mean to be a child? You know, all of these things. A paraphrased quote is, you'll never be able to, no amount of seahorse rides will give you what what work took for me. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it's like, he's like, you can't. I know. That's so intense. Um, But then as that's happening, we realize that there is some commotion going on at the Fryman stand. Frybo is now demonic. Yeah. Officially. Officially. Demonic. Oh, because they they say make make people people eat fries. fries. That's what they tell Frybo to do. Yeah. And he is quite well i guess i don't know if frybo's a man or in anything <laughs> not me g- yeah. not me misgendering frybo <laughs> i think the the authoritarian tendency to <laughs> to make to force people to eat fries feels very patriarchal yeah me. very very <laughs> patriarchal um but frybo's quite literally forcing people to eat fries like just demonically they yeah. are suspended in air being forced fed fries mm-hmm. um and Steven is like, which is interesting, call back to the job conversation they're having. He's like, I'm going to do my job, which is to That's save right. humanity. Yeah. Um, well, because he says, uh, you won't know what it's like to have a job. And he goes, I have a job. It's saving the world. And then Petey's like, no, a real job. Paid with, for. With money. Mm-hmm. Mm, which was. Oof, it, deep cut again. Deep a lot cut. of deep cuts in this episode. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I don't, I don't think about this episode in, the, in that way. But as I'm, re- I was like, oh yeah, they, yeah. they really get into some Been stuff here. Been having that conversation a lot uh, with people, which we'll get into it. But it's interesting that we were literally just talking about living for joy yeah. and joyfulness and yeah. work, not feeling relatable, right? As, right before we started recording this. Um, but yeah, so then. I think Pearl shows up. Everything's totally a mess. And Steven, um, Pearl has the rest of the shards. He turns his the rest of his garments into sentient pieces of clothing. <laughs> and the garments then beat up Frybo. The world is saved. Frybo gets um, sent off into the ocean, <laughs> greasy and on fire. Yeah. Um, there's a sweet moment between Fryman and Petey. As we watch uh, Frybo drifting off into sea. Um, yeah, and that's like a sweet little moment at the end. Yeah. The episodes do always end pretty sweet. Definitely. Definitely. This one had Steven naked. This one, uh, Steven is fully butt naked mm-hmm. at the end of the episode. Um, and I think the closing line is, put Play your pants on, yeah. or put your clothes on Steven yeah. from Pearl. Um, so that is Frybo. Next episode is Catfingers. Which, brutal. 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 Um, It starts with uh, Greg and 
Stephen having a moment, a father-son bonding mm-hmm. moment, um, which we kind of halfway meet Mayor Dewey. You don't really know Mayor no, Dewey. No, that was very limited But I'm assuming from first impressions, you're already like, okay. I could not have predicted that this would be a pre- uh, a recurring character, so I... Oh, I... Okay, okay. he's recurring. Okay. We meet Mayor Dewey. Okay. Vibes, not that great. No. From immediate, from the jump. Sure. Not great vibes from Mayor Dewey. Plus, we know that he deals in political favors. We know we know he's a political... Yeah. Yeah. Political favors. Yeah. Steven's favorite phrase, which I'm like, no, you don't want D- that, yeah. Steven. <laughs> well, it is... It makes so much sense because people who need the political... Like, um, I, I'm getting the impression that Greg mm. and... um. By proxy, Stephen, even though Stephen kind of lives his own life, mm-hmm. Greg very much needs like systemic support, and so I could see how someone with the offering of political favors would jump at it without question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Greg is definitely living on like the fringes of society, yeah. um, which is also interesting to think about in terms of the access that Stephen has because of the gems. Um, also up to this point, we haven't really seen how anyone else in Beach City lives besides the Gems and Greg. Correct. Um, which we get some, some, you know, we see that later on into the, into the series. Um, but yeah, so that's a very good point. Um, which is definitely not something that gets brought up within the show, but on a adult person watching the show. It's hard to imagine that a queer showrunner is not thinking about classic structures in this. Uh, I yeah. mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's subtle, but it's, yeah. it's in there. Yeah. Um, so we have Greg, he's cleaning Mayor Dewey's mayor, ve- mayor van, vehicle, yeah, whatever. Um, it was scary. I didn't like it. It yeah, I know. It literally just says his name. And the the honk, the horn is his name, right? He's just yeah, no, it's well. There's like a little megaphone up top that just goes mm. Mayor Dewey, mm. which is mm. I don't like that. Um, but Mayor Dewey arrives to retrieve his car. He gets splashed with some water because mm-hmm. Greg and Stephen are having a water fight. He doesn't like that, right? Um, but as they have to, they have this moment. Amethyst enters the chat, if you will. Um, shapeshifted into a cat and they're all like oh my god what's up with this cat surprise it's amethyst amethyst is like gets really into this whole shape-shifting thing steven's like that's cool i want to do that we learn that it's possible for steven to shapeshift we are learning more about how their powers work yep um so you know it's like a conversation between amethyst pearl and steven and uh, pearl is like not really a fan of amethyst's way of Engaging with her powers. Yeah. Which, you know, is on brand for Pearl. Sure. And, and like, uh, let's come back to Joy for a minute. It seems like mm. the power the power being used for Joy seems not Pearl's MO. No, she's not into it. She's like, I take this shit very seriously. Yeah. And Amethyst takes takes things not so seriously, as we'll see. Um, I mean, it's very it's already very clear. I get That's it. It's been clear from episode seriously. one, yeah. pretty much. Um, so... Pearl's like, don't, literally don't listen to this this girl, to Amethyst. And Amethyst is like, no, 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 I can teach you some things. So then she teaches Stephen how to vibe out and, you know, shapeshift, to which he, from that lesson, learns to turn his finger into a cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like all fun and games and cute until he does indeed go overboard, which is the warning even that Amethyst said she was like, "Don't, yeah, don't go crazy with it." She did. She did seed uh, to Pearl on that. She was. She like, did. She was like, "You, she's, she's like, right. You, you can yeah. have some fun, but yeah. like, don't go crazy with it." Now, 
sad, sad little undertone is that the only reason he went overboard is because he thought his cat friend was lonely. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he turns the rest of his hand at first, his first one hand into cats because he is afraid that his cat friend is lonely. Now you could do just two, but I, but still, I the know. intention That's what starts. I, was like, yeah. I don't know why I thought it was going to be a second. Like, as in my memory, I was like, he's going to make it to two. And then it was like, no, all five. Yeah, all five. And then all, all ten. Five and then all ten. Yeah. And he's, like, really, and he's doing this to, like, impress people and to show people he's, like, so excited. Sure. Um, Wouldn't you? I Yeah. I mean, I guess I'd be more freaked out, but I'm not half magic. You know, yeah. it's uh, It would be a lot for us. It would be a time. lot for me as a, yeah. as a human, like, as a full human person full to human have person, even no one gems. finger turn into turned a into a, that'd be not Weird. into it. Um, but pretty much the cats begin to take over his human form. Um, how is it that he goes from just a cat finger or two to mm. a full body cat? I think he starts to freak out. Like he starts to lose his cool. And I think he realizes that he's in deep when he's like, oh no, these fingers. So the gems go out on a mission and he can't come because he's like, that's right. Oh no, my fingers are preventing me from living life, which obviously I would be like, I'm panicking now. Sure. Um, and then the gems all leave, which are his kind of like, mm. if anything goes wrong, right. They're, they're his parental fig- figures. Like he is no longer with the people that keep him safe, yeah. especially from magic things. Right. Um, and so he starts kind of to freak out and then we, and then he's like, Oh my god, my dad! I can go to my dad, which is interesting. Just so it, interesting. In loco gems, mm-hmm. that's a play on in loco parentis, but which means in place of parents. It's a whole yes. educational philosophy thing, anyway. <laughs> but yes, uh, instead of the gems, instead we got the parent the gems, figure back. We have the actual parental figure who is out of his depth, does not know what to do, but it's like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna fight for my son. Mm. I'm gonna fight for my kid. I don't know what the fuck is going on right now, but we're going to we're going to try to fix this. And um, through their kind of Stephen's brains and Greg's like desire to save his child, they, you know, turn on the car wash that Greg works at. Stephen goes through was like, cats don't like water. Let's do it. Yeah. And it's clearly very painful and very difficult. I mean, Stephen is out of control at this point. He's not a boy. No. Multiple seeing, cats. Seeing fa- Did you say that again? My no. Sorry, my watch started talking to me. She's not invited to this conversation. She's not. Siri's not invited. Um, What did I say? I said he's, he's, he's not a boy at this point. Yeah. He is just, he's full, like he's multiple cats. He is totally a monster. Seeing his head being squeezed out I know. is very sad. I know. We haven't seen him like in this desperate of trouble yet no i don't don't think think so not him personally just the world right we've seen like the gems have moments of of fear and and trouble but not steven no not like his bodily integrity or his like his health and safety this feels like the first time we're like oh god yeah and we can see what happens to greg i mean greg's like falls apart falling apart um but you know steven is saved Mm -hmm. he reunites with his dad as himself there's a moment of of pause and breath and you know release and then we get to the next morning the gems are back from their mission um i also think it's interesting which i as someone who's watched the series like am picking up on things that Mm -hmm. you're not going to be picking up on but like i love um garnet again of very few words but they're all like pearl's freaking out when she realizes something's wrong with Steven and they have to like go on this trip. Amethyst is like, 
laughing like that sucks so silly and per and uh garnet is not she's like well gotta go like she doesn't want she's avoidant a little bit she's avoidant but but she's the one who's like well we saw that he could handle it on his own yeah exactly i think she knew she knew that he had to do it on his own sure right so when they return you know pearl's like all freaked out amethyst is like oh great you're back you know kind of thing and and garnet's like i'm not surprised totally even's got himself yeah you know he's a big he's a big boy well in in a way it's like he did figure out how to shape shift in the cat finger so he, he did he has a some methodology there he has some control over himself he has yeah, methodology some, is probably not the right word but but I, yeah i get what you're saying like there's some kind of like knowledge there's yeah. some kind of internal soul knowledge yeah, yeah. and he proves that do- both to himself and also to the gems at the end of that episode um but yeah, so those are the two episodes that we just watched. Let's, I mean, there's so much to there's get into, lot. as always. Do we want to, we want to start with Frybo? We can, I yeah. mean, I feel like we should. Um, wow. Okay, so I feel like we've talked so much about ADHD on this podcast already because we both have it and it's, it's severe for both of us. Um, but obviously the intro is... Just it wasn't it brilliant. was just like they've never seen a deep dive in that way which is like someone having an internal conversation well while trying to listen like i've that's like a number one symptom is like you can't stop fixating on that thing oh my god i know because you're like how could i lose my pants i how can i lose the thing i use every day my wallet day my keys my like how but also you know what's so funny is doesn't i think the episode opens with a shot of his pants and underwear i think it's like they're there okay i didn't see that and he's not and i love how it opens with him going you're a mess steven oh yeah As he looks at that pile of yeah, clothes definitely. like oh my god oh relatable that's like me looking at my house right now as i Absolutely. as i leave your house Absolutely. because yeah. my house is a full-blown mess yeah and you're like i wish i wasn't there <laughs> I, <laughs> if I only it. i had a magic shard to come turn into a sentient article of clothing and clean all this up for me sure you know um, but I, I just love this kind of like consistent, consistent, like recurring thing of this like distracted boy who just, I mean, but he like, he gets it together. He gets a stuff, you know, but it was, it was like a very descriptive, uh-huh. uh, portrayal of what it's like to when you're like, I need to find my pants and this person's saying it's something important, but if I don't have pants on, none of this matters. As I was, as I was watching this, I was wanting to ask you, has there ever been off the top of your head? An experience where you fully blacked out someone talking to you and it was to your detriment without you like every, you like every class assignment ever. That's actually. Yeah. Yeah. In school. Yeah. And, and then you're just like, can you tell me again now? Like, I, I hate when people uh, give you a long lecture and then they're like, OK, I hope you absorbed all of that. Now go do it. And you're like, I, I really <sighs> need to learn by. Oh my gosh. I just, yeah, I have vivid memories of me in like chemistry class in high school yeah. and then a teacher giving you like a full, and, and usually like if I'm in class, I was like trying to focus on class, but the teacher will say one thing that you'll go, oh, I don't know how to do that. Like, and you start thinking about something else and then suddenly you're like very, very far behind. My, I love my favorite line of that interlude was when he says, if I start listening now, I'll be confused. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like it's like he realizes what's happening and he's like I have, I'm to, commi- too far I have gone. to commit to not knowing because I'm so far mm-hmm. into yeah. this. So I'm just gonna let it 
let it go which isn't not um effectual like yeah that's actually like not untrue and not a bad uh realization to have which is like well if i don't understand this from the get-go i'm gonna be i'm not even yeah yeah it's i feel like also as someone who has you know halfway through people talking to me whatever like totally blacked out and not paid attention um there are so many moments where like when you try to interject halfway through and you're like, Oh, sorry, I'm not paying it. Like, especially before I was diagnosed with ADHD where you start asking clarifying questions in the middle of the person talking and then they just get mad at you. Cause they're like, I just said that. Yeah. Or something like that. And you're like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> like for me, I was just like, it would be better for me to just not eat, hear any of this. Mm-hmm, essentially. Figure it out. Yep. Especially some things are just like, it's not worth it for me to know. No. It's Chem- just better. Chemistry. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. yeah Kim, I mean, I don't remember anything. God, no. Not at all. I can tell you, though, here's the thing, though. Okay. I am someone who needs, like, a em- fully embodied learning experience. Mm, which, absolutely. Which I think a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. And actually, I think a lot more people would, would be able to embrace if they were allowed to, which is, like, I need to screw up several times. I need to do things physically. Mm-hmm. And... Teaching me something is not going to be the same as me trying it three times and failing and then doing it well. Absolutely. Um, the the benefit of a learning method where you fail, one, you end up learning more mm. because you learn how things can go wrong. Right. Two, I feel like once I've learned something with my body, like really learned it, I can learn it. I can know it for for a lot long, longer. longer. Yeah. So I, I mean, I always compare physics and chemistry, and none of this needs to be taken to heart because I know a lot of people struggle with both physics and chemistry. But my brain, you saying physics and chemistry, my brain was just like, I'm checking out now. I understand. Uh, <laughs> I love physics and Fantastic. couldn't stand chemistry. Okay. But physics is stems from these three rules that if you try hard enough can apply to absolutely everything okay in physics okay it's just these three newtonian rules okay unimportant (laughs) the point is that i think i can still do physics because because it was it it all came from this very like understanding place of these three simple rules right so i'm like i could get anywhere if i started there yeah you can apply that being said Mm. chemistry i couldn't tell you a goddamn thing i yeah couldn't tell you no. anything i mean i think yeah there are definitely things that like i think with writing because i was always in the act of writing something mm. and being able to see how you know i like i would do it and then be like oh i can see how this sentence is different from the last one or whatever right writing really stuck with me but then like history is just like memorizing facts bombed that failed that ap did not i dropped ap okay, history cool. um i was in that class for two weeks and was like no no <laughs> i'm not going to do this yeah i was the only person in my uh, ap history class that failed my ap i was i think one of the i passed ap english i did very well because I'm, I'm, sure. I'm yeah good at english that's something that i'm i've always been you know successful at but like i took ap statistics i didn't i finished the class but failed the test didn't get the grades for that like didn't actually pass the test and then dropped out of ap history so i understand there you go yeah yep that's fine anyway so that's like not what we were we that was supposed to be like a quick segue just like embodied knowledge i think that yes um so this episode has this really interesting moment that's so fleeting 
which is when they're on the rides outside of um, what I was going to help you were going to say. Yeah. When they're outside of the um, arcade, it's an arcade, Um, which also I feel like for me, a lot of those little kitty rides are like outside of a grocery store or like a Marshall's or a TJ Maxx. Um, I'm sure there are some like at the pier in Venice or whatever. I think there are, but I definitely remember them. That's how I remember them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always got confused. Are you supposed to leave your kid out there? While you go grocery shopping? That's never what my parents did with me. Or is it just like a, hey, if you are good in the grocery store, I'll let you ride this thing. Yeah, I think it's just something for kids to do. Similar to letting, like, the child-sized baskets in certain grocery stores. Oh, letting them walk around. Remember those? Yeah, let them walk around. It's just like a thing to keep a kid engaged, I think. Okay, all right. Um, And, you know, in the case of the fun rides, probably get a couple dollars from a parent. Sure. In order to get their kid to enjoy right. themselves. They're probably not thinking that much about this. Yeah. Yeah. No. But I but I will say that I have, as an adult, tried to go on one of those rides that were so, you know, enthralling as a child, and it really doesn't hold up. Like, okay. Which is funny, because that's literally what happens to them. And their kid. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, what I imagine that they're like, they're like, I think 11, 12. Yeah. Preteens. Totally. Yeah. Um, but it's such a weird age when you're that age, because you're like in between childhood and and. You know, I, is it adolescence? Is adolescence when you're a teenager? Yeah, in adolescence. Yeah, yeah. adolescence. Well, young adulthood. Like they're young like a- they're not young adults. They're and they're not teenagers. They're right. They don't. I don't. They don't. They don't feel like teenagers to me. No, no. But they're like not kids. They're not kids. And it's Petey's having this like insanely deep, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like realization. Yeah, that was um, that was hard to watch. Oh my gosh! Because it starts off with him going, "Let's go be kids." Because he's like out yeah, here exactly. got a job, yeah. and he's like, "I don't want to. Like, I I'm not. I don't want to be this. I don't want to do this. I'm miserable. Let's go be kids." And then um, he goes into this whole like existential crisis about a real job. Yeah, wait, that makes money in quotes. That makes money. Yeah. And then his closing line, which I wrote down, with is, "You get a job to get cash, cash to buy." To start a family or to buy a house. And he goes, and it's cash that can't buy back what the job takes. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, that was rough. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was, yeah. What did you immediately think of when he said that? I have a, I'm like, I'm holding my breath because I'm trying to hope that like the one thing comes out because there's, it was like a flood of like, oh my God, do adults know this? Like, do people, like, Mm. does this show, no, do the people that are watching this, are the adults seeing this? Do they know? Are they able to see how clear it is that Uh. this young child can understand this concept about work and um, oh, buying yeah. back your time. Yeah. Like, it's easy enough for this child to understand, and I'm wondering. Well, because, well, the, I mean, the thing about Petey in that moment is that he can see it clearly because he's actually not fully in it yet. Right. Like, his life saying. does not depend on that's the job. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is something that we're all like, yes, money can't buy happiness, and yet we all must participate in this. In the workforce. In this workforce scheme. Or, yeah. And it is a scheme. No, oh, it's definitely a scheme. <laughs> and it's like, you can't stop. Like we were just talking about earlier, we we're talking about how COVID, we're in this weird phase where we're post. Post lockdown. We're post lockdown, post quarantine, but somehow full swing with work. Yeah. yeah. And how now, if you have to miss work because you have a COVID scare, 
it feels like nothing more stressful yeah yeah like it's more acceptable in the past to get it and now it's like well, your you life just kind of stops yeah. Yeah. yeah and then the pressure to be like it's probably nothing is back yeah yeah i feel like there's like this greater pressure to be like I don't want to I don't want to think about it. I got like I got life going on. And like, it's going to be inconvenient if I tell someone that I might be too sick to perform. Sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's not it's not the way it used to be. No. Um, And it's interesting because I think the pandemic it was a lot, of course. I'm yeah. sure everyone. I mean, it, it's been two years now. No one's like talking about this like it's new anymore because um, it's definitely not. Right. But, you know, we all got to stop. For a second. For a second. For a hot second. Yeah. And um, you didn't have to work to live. A lot of people. I know there are people who worked in food service or front-facing jobs that literally nothing changed for them. Right. I mean, not nothing, but a lot didn't change. Still to yeah. go to work every day and all that kind of thing. Um, but, like, it was just kind of like, okay, I'm not working for cash that can't buy back what my job takes. <laughs> yeah at least not in the same way like I lost my job and when PD's talking about says that I'm like ooh, when I was a barista you know and like, it makes me think like well so in the context of the pandemic the suddenly when you you are kind of some people were very grateful for for work because they had mm-hmm. stuff to do yeah um, now I don't think that means that we all need to like buckle up and get jobs and be grateful for it but i'm just saying yeah like uh there's so much back in our lives that work has once again become this thing that we yeah it's it's just just soul sucking because we're confused we're not sure what we're doing now surviving is no longer the main goal of of our lives it was yeah but it was interesting where money wasn't um i mean especially with like i mean in california with all of the help that you know especially when you were unemployed um i think there were a lot of people who got to kind of like think for a little bit Mm -hmm. and and pause um and it's just interesting because i feel like i'm always having just going back to what pd says like this crisis of like what what is life about what is the give and take how much money do I really need to survive? Well, it's quite funny because he delegitimizes Stephen's job. He delegitimizes, yes. In he, the same breath that he talks about how his job is, is crushing is him. Crushing him. And and Stephen is like, I have a job that I love. Like I have a job yeah. that makes me so and makes people happy smile. and makes other people happy. Yeah. And I get to save lives and I get to do all this amazing stuff. And it's really fulfilling. And then Petey's like, that's not a real job. Yeah. Because it doesn't make you money, even right. though this job that does make me money will never fulfill me, and it's just going to suck my soul out and give me this thing that can never repair the damage that this job has done. <laughs> and it's because I feel like it's so hard. It's so hard. I mean, almost impossible within this the structure of the world to have a, a life filled with both joy and financial stability. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, unless like, you're, unless you inherit it, but yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, man. I feel like so, so much of the work that I do, I mean, not so much anymore, which I'm very thankful for, but for a long time, a lot of the work I was doing was very soul sucking. 
you know, and you just like got to power through to like survive all the time. And to go back to what we just already referenced talking about earlier, you got a, a notification from a like an astrology app that said you should yes. spend a third of your day looking for joy or like or, or experiencing like joy. experiencing joy. And I was like, and a third? Like, who has who's finding that much joy? <gasps> and I feel like it's when I yeah, like so my my astrology app based on my chart and my placements and whatever sure. was saying like. This is like your life's like this is like the forward mobility for you is you got to you got to spend a lot of time in your day like engaging with your joy and engaging with things that make you happy. And I was like and it just seems like impossible. And even the apps like I know that's a lot. That seems like a lot. And it's it's hard to even legitimize that. Well, I bet it, I bet it's true. But I'm also right. just like I can't even imagine being happy for that much of the day. I know. <laughs> No, I know. It's so sad. I know. I know. And it's it honestly is kind of like heartbreaking that like then Petey goes to do this thing that he thinks is going to bring him joy, and then he's just like, Nothing. this is this is empty. Empty. He's this been is, ruined. I I've had a job for like I don't know how long he's had this job, and he's like, and I went and did this thing that used to bring me a lot of joy, and I'm empty. Yeah, he's depressed. Full blown. Yeah, I I feel for him. I know it's very heartbreaking um and it's funny because then like when he realizes his dad and these townspeople are getting attacked by right. Frybo um he's like what are you gonna do to Steven and Steven's like my job. my job yeah my job that you didn't value two seconds ago now I'm also uh uh PD goes from this passionless depression to being emotional about his family's health so i'm mm. i'm kind of like is that a little a little easter egg from our showrunner telling us uh that like these family mm. family and, and loved ones are very important and are the things that we i definitely feel like one of the reasons why i think this show is so um life-affirming which is a word that i used to describe it all the time is because love, friendship, all of these things that feel very cheesy in right. the real world that right. we're living in are so valuable. Absolutely. I mean, it's not even it's not even the job at the end of the day, like not even the act of working that has ruined Petey. It's the fact that he's not having that connection. Like he only got the job to connect with his father and his family yeah and once he's given that recognition and once he's given that opportunity to connect with his his father he's okay and i think a lot of times like the the core like i don't know i wouldn't say the core lesson but a lot of like like love is like a lot of driving force in this show um and his dad ends up forgoing an, an updated mascot. He's like, he's we like, don't need another one. He's like, you know what? I got my son. That That's more important to me than this business. Now, I don't want to drive too much into this metaphor. But, but I do feel like the costume mascot mm. is, is intended to drive sales. Yes. And uh, is usually like anything marketing related or anything like that is about pushing your sales 
mm-hmm. pushing product. pushing product. Yeah. And I feel like the the core of the work is back in the kitchen where they're frying bits up. Right. So so I I mean I do think that this there's a lot of this is can be related to gender theory a lot gender work theory which is like uh, when you focus too much on production and expansion and stuff mm. you like are prioritizing this in quotes these are giant quotes masculine work that's mm. that's much more about like growth and and productivity and right like they've tr- they have been assigned to these two genders because of how yes. we have assigned the work roles uh-huh. whereas um as steven's fun job is keeping things together that's a traditionally feminine, feminine role. work, work yeah. role which is um like keeping a house together keeping people fed keeping right uh, a family together making sure that uh, people are safe people, people are, are safe yeah are taken care of healthy um yeah which yeah I d- and i definitely don't think that steven's job is ever portrayed as feminine no. but i do think that it is like it's almost like bringing things back home which is in the um in the fryman family you yeah. know mr fryman bringing things back home which is to the actual you know i feel like we only ever see them in that shack is you know like taking things away from that like growth mindset of like right. you know we're gonna push sales and we're gonna you know hypermarket this yeah what were you gonna say no no sorry uh, yeah no i think that um i think that they they i mean it's because then we see like even in the next episode like pd's literally working the the right you know he's working the deep fryer that's what like ends up happening is they they recenter like it almost like they recenter yeah. their focus and i would not have mentioned the masculine feminine work forms if not for and for more information you can see katrine marcel's book who cooked adam smith's dinner um thank you for the plug absolutely <laughs> I'm always giving homework okay the the i would not have mentioned it except that pd made that comment about steven's job not being real yeah so in it which is yes. a very atypical superhero narrative which is like most of the time yeah. it's someone that you're like oh my god who like superman it's true usually i mean the ones that we are typically shown superheroes are men they're men and people valorize them or whatever right. but like but the gems are literally a bunch of women and pd was like you don't have real jobs you don't have a real job <laughs> yeah totally so that's not a real job i think the gems do a lot of hidden work Absolutely. Which is at its core the very nature of like what's feminized work considered. Ugh. So it's like this invisible work, invisible labor. And we talk about this actually in the economy. Wow, mm. I'm really in no, my wheelhouse. Please <laughs> I get just into feel it, like Annie. This please. is something that the people talk about when you talk about uh, um, GDP as being such a bad proxy for how a country is doing. And part of it, among many other things, mm. is that you um, have never accounted for the labor that women yeah, do. Well, yeah. Because so much yep. of it is important. Um, and, and hidden and not visible yeah. and not able to be calculated by yes. spreadsheets and documents uh-huh. and growth, growth things, charts. We know. <laughs> we you know, know what it takes to run a company. I'm a, I'm a business lady. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just think, I mean, even if it is very subtle, I, it's there for me. It's there. Yeah. It's there. And um, I really do love how this, like, huge thing gets dropped. And then, like, immediately we're like, you 
Like, we're not, like, yeah, deep. it's there. Yeah. It's, it gets deep, and then, like, you have to, like, pivot really quickly. So it's almost like, and I feel like uh, Rebecca Sugar does that, like, you know, the writing team, like, has this great way of doing that. Well, they'll just drop, like, this little nugget, and then they... Of existentialism. And then they, yeah, a nugget of existentialism, and then it's like, okay, moving on. <laughs> like, right. And so you, especially as an adult, which I, I love... I love the idea of like a, a parent and a child watching the show together. Um, I remember I got kids like, like my, what does that mean? <laughs> well, I mean, probably the kids, I mean like, cause there's, I'm sure there were so many kids shows that had like these crazy, you know, concepts when I was a kid and I was like, it's like your brain just starts turning those wheels, but you don't really fully understand. You're not sure. really, but like, you know, it's kind of dropping nuggets for you as a kid. Yeah. Um, but then it's interesting. Cause I'm like, you know, I had one of my first therapists, I got her into the show and I got her daughter watching it. Her daughter was like, I think like six. Perfect. And so she was like watching the show with her daughter. And I love the idea of like a little like existential crisis. And your kid's just like, it's a fry. It's a fry costume. It's like totally <laughs> eating people. That's crazy. <laughs> Meanwhile, like having a whole existential crisis about your line of work, which hopefully, you know, a therapist is not well, that's quite. what we're doing we're unpacking that brief moment yes that's that is our job we're like our fake job is that we our, are the job that we've given ourselves we've given ourselves is to say we need to pay attention to that moment but yeah i was like ooh, yikes that yeah. feels rough i don't think i've ever like i yeah it's like as i rewatch this especially like with more of a critical eye i was like oh, i forgot that happened yeah <laughs> that, like big deep thing happens totally um wow pd Petey's an interesting character. We're going to see more of okay, him. Okay, good. We're going to see more of him. And I and he does, I mean, as I think about him as a character in a broader sense throughout the show, like he is kind of like an older kid. Like his energy is very much like, I mean, he's a working kid. Like yeah. he's a kid with a job. <laughs> he's, he doesn't even know all his teeth. Yeah, he, I know. He's, he's still loose. He's, he's got his little gap. His little gap. I will say, um, interesting in this show, we on, in this episode, we only see Pearl mm-hmm. as a, as one of the gems. We only see Pearl, and Pearl and her methods fail to stop the fry man, the fry bow. So even though Stephen yes. is maybe perhaps responsible for fry bow, although only adjacently because it is Petey who says go force people to. Yeah, I the. The wording of that was incorrect. Because doesn't Steven say, do a little dance? That's harmless. Yeah, do a little dance. Yeah, and then, and then Petey's like, go make people eat fries. Go make people eat There's so much about capitalism in this in this one little com- part of it. Lit- yeah. Because it's like the directive to force the sale is the thing that Ugh. ultimately <laughs> ruins everything. I mean, that's literally the point of, like, all marketing. Right. Like, it's not – I mean, like, I think that, you know – I don't even like fries, is what the guy says Ugh, when he spits Lars, them out, or the person yeah, says, "Yeah, Lars. yeah." But it's like, oh my god, you're so right, because it, it's you know, I think marketing teams aren't like it would be nice if someone thought about our product. They're no. like, no, how do gotta we go make people it? buy implanted in their brain? Weird timing. I'm just starting to watch Mad Men for the first time. Oh, okay. so I am like also watching this very masculine marketing <laughs> scheme yeah. happen while Betty Draper's at home. Yes. You know, tending to the house. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. So you're, like, deep in, like, I'm the, really deep in this in This, this, this is an interesting episode soils. for you to have yeah, watched. it really After is. you've, been, you've yeah. been watching Mad Men. Yeah. Like, um, what is Frybo in this, in this Mad Men <laughs> equation? <laughs> right. Oh, man. So there's that. And then 
Steven's um, technique of of animating clothing is the thing that ends up right saving the day. It's true. He has the thought. Mm-hmm. Steven, this these two episodes, as most of the series will be, is filled with Steven having brilliant ideas and triumphing, and triumph and and just like and and even like last episode, we were talking about lots of trial and failure, but he still goes for it. Yeah, he still tries and. Remember with the um, Hashtag ceasefire. Taylor Swift gives commencement speech at NYU. Oh, does she? <laughs> does she talk? Oh, that's right. Yeah. I only ever saw the part where she was like, "Embrace cringe." Oh, I don't know that one, but she just gave a speech this week. I know because yeah. I know someone who graduated from NYU, oh. and they just posted on their Instagram story okay. a part where Taylor literally goes, "Embrace cringe." I hate to throw shade, but that explains a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Uh, sorry to Swifties listening Tired, to this podcast. But she's full of cringe. And I and I guess she's okay with it. She, you know she what? Knows you it. gotta be. Yeah. Honestly, because yeah. I mean, that's her whole thing that she says after that. Again, I literally only saw this part in a friend's sure. story. But it was literally then her being like, you're never going to be able to escape it. You're going to always look back and be like, yuck. <laughs> Essentially. Honestly, the is speech the vibe. as a piece of literature, not bad. Okay. I haven't listened to the whole thing. Didn't, didn't love her delivery yeah, well, I mean, she, I don't think she's like a commencement speech she's not. person. And, but, and I don't, I'm guessing she had help writing it just because it was so. Of, yeah. How could you not? If you're Taylor Swift, you can't go up there. You wouldn't, you wouldn't walk up onto a stage without, without having someone, someone looking it. at yeah. it. Absolutely. So at the very least, someone's edited, but it is actually a really insightful, fun speech. Maybe I shouldn't. You should watch maybe, it. Maybe that's uh, Annie's homework. second piece of homework. That's two of five. We should have like a little section in our description. Annie's homework. Yeah. And we got to write down all of, of your sense. resources. Because I want to be a teacher. Um, yeah. But oh, I I'm just not sure you. how. I just don't know what form that takes yet. I do want to teach too someday. But I think like for me, I'm like, way. is it college? Is it? So I don't know yet. That's mm. the thing. Is it writing? Is it theory? I don't know. I've been trying to expand my idea of what it means to be a teacher. There's a lot of things. There's a lot be. of things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's not what we're here about. No. Um, you want to pivot to? I do. Cat fingers. Yeah. Yes. So that episode, it seems like you were very impacted by it. Well, the ending is brutal. Yeah. I mean, it's so the music, the score. Oh yeah. They drag out him going through the car wash for like at least two minutes, which is very long for cartoon speak. Yeah. That's yeah. The that's a huge chunk of like that ending scene is a huge chunk of that episode. Is yeah. Yeah. Oof. And just like his okay, I have a lot of thoughts on this episode actually. Please no, please go for it. And I'm I'm I think one of the most immediate thoughts about it that I have is that we see I think very clearly we see Greg grappling with the fact that his son has powers. Mm, and is like mm-hmm. kind of scared of them, which I think is a perfect allegory for like how it maybe should be which is that parents should be scared of what their kids can do yeah like how like steven is growing into this thing that he does not know how to exactly. approach or how to deal with which is probably true about almost every, every single parent child and, and parent. child yes because the world has changed and you can only teach them what you know and that's it yeah and and what you know is limited because everything is always expanding exactly yeah so that had me where i was like oh this is a parent who is acknowledging the power of their child and Mm. openly expressing a fear of what that could mean yes and trying his best to support steven in that moment even though he doesn't know the love is there it's very clear oh my god i i love the way 
Greg loves Steven. He loves Steven. It's so, it, it just warms me in ways that are like so profound. And I, I haven't yet figured out like the larger structure of the show yet. Like mm. the whole like which part is a metaphor. Which I mean, you'd have to watch the whole thing to know. Not that any of it's metaphor, but mm. at the same time, everything could be a metaphor. Uh, I mean, so. There's kind of like I don't quite know enough yet. Right. I wouldn't call myself a scholar, but I'm. <laughs> we should circle back to this after we we're like ten a, years from now, <laughs> a couple seasons deep. Yeah. Yeah. But I am curious because there's this absent parent figure. Mm. Not absent. He's very much present, but he's um, not where Stephen lives, which is just such a fascinating thing. Yeah. So that's just always going to be a curiosity of mine. Is like, what is the statement of? Steven's not living with his dad. Right. Nor his mother. Well, here's the thing is that Greg doesn't really have the means to actually take care of Steven. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And. Nor the domicile. Right. Yeah. No, there's like, like he is not capable of taking care of this kid. And that does get explored um, way later into the series. Because you're invested. Oh, I. I wish I could just binge this with you. I know, me too. You I was thinking that all no weekend. no idea. Yeah. Like, I wish it's I could good, just... It's good for us to take our time, though. Ugh, it hurts Delayed me. gratification. It hurts me. Yeah, you're but it's right. Good. That's it's good. It's for success. It's for, it's for our job, our fake job that we gave ourselves. That doesn't... That's not a real job, because we're not making any money off no. of this right now. Unless you decide to sign up for our Patreon now. <gasps> Ooh, w- should <laughs> we do that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to plug it. A, a, a Patreon that doesn't exist. Exactly. It doesn't exist. <laughs> I do like that as an idea. But I, I just am, I am totally was in shock and in awe at how they're handling this, like, parent figure who's not caretaking, per se. Right. But is offering life lessons. Offering so much, even though it seems like he has so little to offer. Yes. And I think that the gems, especially Pearl, do not see what Greg has to offer Stephen. Which breaks my heart. Break, yeah. Yep. And that goes... That goes, and I, I like. I just imagine people listening to this as some as people who have like watched Steven Universe, wanting to say all of the things that I want to say to you that you haven't seen yet. Oh, so I cannot. Sure. <laughs> Don't. Where I'm like, you Ooh, and, the and then Pearl, right and then did it, did it, did it, and that's why she liked this. And yeah. This is because of Ooh, <laughs> there's so much to learn. Uh, Annie. God, I wish. Yeah, but this is why we have. Uh, this excitement around the show because we get there's there's so much to I get I get to one. show you so I much That's and the I get power you so excited yeah I know wow yeah it's you know what's funny is what I not funny but what I also really appreciate about this is that like I watch this show and like I feel like I'm really excited for like next next week because mm-hmm. we're gonna do bubble buddies which is like one of my favorite episodes, okay. um, which you obviously haven't seen it because you're watching this. I have no idea. As we are, as we are exploring, like yeah. each episode is is new for you, which we do on purpose because we want to get my no, raw reaction. No, it's good. Yeah, it's good it's because good. I think that I've like, I've I know so much about the show mm-hmm. that like the things that I'm focusing on are so big picture that sure. like when I watch these episodes, I'm like I'm missing a lot of little stuff that you're picking up on. Because you're, I have nothing else to compare. Yeah, to. <laughs> you're like you're like looking at like an actual moment as it's unfolding, whereas I'm like coming at it from this like larger totally. thing, which I appreciate because who knows how this would go had we both 
watched all of it already. Oh, this is great because, yeah. Because of all these things that are going to happen in the future and blah, blah, blah. You know, so I do appreciate, I appreciate the focus that you bring the podcast. Thank you. And also sometimes my brain's empty. I feel like I'm wondering, um, as listeners are listening to this, I feel like very um, disassociated today. Like my brain is like, is like half, like maybe working at like 70%. Compared to my usual 100. Well, if it's actually dissociating, then it's probably working at 100% just on something else, a different project. Yeah. Like, that it's sounds... protecting you in a different way. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, as, as I was I saying. put a positive spin on it. I like that. Yeah. That works. No, it's just like, it's, you know, today's been a weird, I don't know, we're in Mercury retrograde right now. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that's not the case. As you listen to this episode, because we are releasing things post-recording. Sure. Um, but that's where we are currently in this moment. Right. If you can tell, let us know. If you can tell in by the energy of this podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's interesting. And I feel like it's curious for me to, I think it's good for me to like express those things. Sure. Publicly. Yeah. So I think that that like, I don't know. People that's know. That's why like, you do it with a partner so you can. Right. You know. Exactly. I really appreciate you for that. But I also, um, I feel like it's, I feel like this podcast is a safe space for you to for anyone to show up however they are agreed and um, the, and the best part about it is that you watch an episode first oh i know it's you get so filled nice up before you so give. full yeah i know yeah. yeah i i do feel so full after watching yeah. these shows every single time i'm yeah. trying to think of like what else i was feeling as i was watching this episode i mean well in this case i think we're focusing on a really big emotional moment and so there wasn't actually as much that happened right it's true i mean I, it's crazy that steven can shapeshift first of all we yeah didn't even crazy. Talk about new, that. new development like, new development on that and i mean he doesn't really know what to do with his powers like that's i was gonna say it's very interesting to have a um particularly a cartoon character i think i think that a lot of shows, especially those who are trying to like be simplified for children, although mm. I'm not going to put this show in that category, but I yeah, I sense that a lot of shows have like very clear many many shows, okay, even for adults. The 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 least common denominator of entertainment is that it gives a very clear moral message of like right. this is how you should be. Yes. And that that being like a not a, like a clear as in it's the obvious moral. It's more like this is what we've all agreed on is the right way to do things. Right. So many simple forms of education are, or uh, uh, media, I should say, just say like this is what the moral of the story is. Right. I think really great shows and movies are Don't the ones that. that are like. That leave you with a bit of a your own thinking to do. Yeah. And they're like everyone's kind of flawed. Um, Which is literally what this podcast is about. We wouldn't, I feel like it would be hard to talk about this if you weren't, if there wasn't some kind of like big question to mull over at the end. Because even sure. with, even with like, um, definitely, like what was the moral of Frybo? No. Exactly. <laughs> there's no. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of because things to think about, but there's no just like one punch, like, right, because here's what you're learning from this. Even if the moral of the story was you should listen. At the end of the episode, our biggest validating quote is Garnet saying Stephen can handle himself. That was in Catfingers, but yes. My bad. But no, it's true. But at like, the end of these two episodes. But that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> no, at the end of the two episodes. And and um, Stephen doesn't listen at all Mm-mm. and is okay. 
I mean, I think there's more of an emphasis on the show on like self exploration. Definitely. Absolutely. And um failing forward, like we talk yeah. about all the time. Failing forward. And even this podcast, as you were maybe perhaps hinting at, the whole nature of it is like we need something easy. Something yes. We needed something easy that was like, why don't we just watch TV? Yeah. And see what happens. And let's just see what happens. I mean, I think like as we're gearing up to like actually launch, which obviously if you're listening to this episode we've, we were successful we were successful yeah. and we did launch um but you know you were asking me like oh what should we do about this what should we do about that and i was just like you know let's just yeah try let's just see Ugh, me classic pearl Cla- <laughs> classic pearl trying to get all the details right before making a decision and me on my amethyst shit like just do it. Let's but just. I, th- I do think that's the best it. way to do it. Is like just do stuff. Well, I think what we learn though too, as we watch a show, is that they need. We need all of them. Yes. We need. We need both because, like you were saying, Amethyst does defer to Pearl. Yeah, on this episode. In in Catfinger, she's yeah. like, no, but you should listen to her. Right. Like, have your, but don't actually overdo it. Right. And I love that. I love that when she, they get back from the boat you know, from their trip and they're on the boat and Pearl's like, from now on, you got to listen to me instead of Amethyst. And Amethyst just goes, that's fair. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and then she's like, and she's then like, I forget. It. And she's like, yeah, that's about right. Where she's just like, yeah, no, I know my limits. You no. shouldn't, you shouldn't probably pay attention to me in this, in this scenario. And yet that, that also gives Amethyst this great power over me. Yes. In this way. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, I don't want to listen to her, but I kind of want to be like her. Oh, she, she knows she knows herself in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah. She really does. She has like this kind of like I'm a mess. I'm reckless. Which that's cool. Is honestly a bit of a superpower when Pearl has lost her shards because she's punishing herself and being like, I had them all. Right. Amethyst would just be like, Well, that's not gonna have power over me because I never thought I had it. She's like, yeah, well, I'm kind of a mess. Totally. Makes sense that this happened. Yeah. Let's just resolve the issue. So I just think it's really, um, the the-, the themes that are really solidifying in my head now, six episodes into watching, mm. are, one, we definitely need all these characters. Yes, they are all super integral. And even if- Which is amazing, because there's probably, how many times have you watched a movie or a TV show and been like, why is this person here? You know what I mean? Like, why is this character here? Yeah. Uh, also, especially in kids shows. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of like, oh, okay, comic, comic relief. They're comic relief. Yeah. And that's just not the case here at all. And it's always like, it sometimes feels like, oh, this was a screwball situation. Um, I've been watching How to Train Your Dragon cartoon mm. with the kids I babysit. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So I have been like, that's my only comparative um, children's, children's thing that's out right now. Yeah. Right now. But... I will say that, like, it just feels like there's one person who seems to have this, like, moral vindication on that show. Mm. And in the show, like, Steven gets wrong. Greg is a, isn't a hero in his own way. Fryman steps up to the plate to be a good father. I just think, and, oh, I was going to say, how often do you see a character who is very clearly in this superhero category? Mm. We've established that he's got some sort of magic power. Yeah. He's somehow the chosen someone. He's like the chosen one. Yeah. There's something there. Yeah. That being said, how often do we see someone 
like develop into their strengths as opposed to like failing into it as opposed to uh like coming out of the gate as a superhero child right no it he like He's so much of season one yeah. is i mean i think that's a lot of the show in general but so much of se- season one is him just like learning how to be who he is yeah um which is amazing that they're gonna spend a literal season up to like the entirety of the show in a lot of ways is him learning how to be himself yeah and not also on that same uh tip of like how often do you get to watch a superhero learn to you know like fail into their into their abilities like he's also like so playful with it like he gets to have so much fun yeah like he's really just enjoying the process of learning and just in case you don't believe me (laughs) at home um i'm just thinking like okay who are our young heroes we got harry potter he comes Uh, out and like sure he doesn't he doesn't know what he's doing at first but book one he's saving the day he's like he's 11 years old and he's killing off killing it you know and then there's i think ron is a more applicable Mm. comparison comparison (laughs) comparison to steven Right. Because Ron is not the the uh the number one, one though. Yeah. Yes. He's not the chosen one. No, but like he ultimately has a lot to do with saving the world and whatever. But like right. he is for sure bumbling and then like his character redemption is the greatest of the three. Mm. Like I don't know if you're familiar. No, we've talked about this before. I didn't know, no, but I trust it's all good. I know the general archetypes of each character though. Harry for sure never had a choice but to succeed. Hermione right. Is just Emma Watson embodied as a character, yeah. <laughs> and then and then Ron is like this total sideshow idiot in quotes. Yeah, where you know he's doing a lot, he's screwing up in a lot of ways, or like falling short, and then ultimately in the seventh book, his his shortcoming almost costs them all the journey, and then of course mm. his redemption story is that he comes around and like overcomes overcomes all the things so in a way he's he's pivotal in this way but right at the same time there is a reason a social reason why he's cast as the side character right as opposed to us seeing steven as the main character yeah which i think is really interesting yeah i mean i i appreciate that they left even though steven is magic he's still he's still a little boy a little boy he's still a little kid who's silly and playful and goofy and bad at things and excitable and brave and scared he's he's all the things and he's youthful and it's almost like you reach maybe maybe i'm just this conjecture and the things i'm thinking about recently but like you reach a point of wisdom where you're actually kind of back into a youthful childhood state like mm, if you're lucky if you're lucky <laughs> but that's what i'm saying like the yeah. ultimate form of wisdom is like is embracing this playful side is yes because we saw already the disillusionment of pd and yes. how adulthood is coming for him too fast too fast and so i think it's really interesting uh to just really see how much uh youth plays a role in this show and like the in in the like it is you know if we're talking about main themes like there is just a lot of treasure and a lot of um, um, 
a lot to be gained from engaging with that youthfulness. Yeah, and in many cases is the thing that saves the mission. Right. Yeah. I mean, do you think Pearl would have stripped all of her clothes off and put shards Absolutely in them? Absolutely not. To save the day. That's the thing. Yeah. No, she draws the line. She draws the line, and Stephen was like, you made me do this. Underpants are coming Underpants off. Underpants are coming off, yeah. I'm getting butt naked. Yeah, and, right he, and now. He, there's so little shame in him. Ugh. And I've kind of been thinking about this theme more and more is like there is like no shame in being a young kid and then there is a bunch of shame and then all of a sudden you're an old person and you're like and then don't you don't care, fucking anymore. care anymore yeah. yeah it's like who are the people that are butt naked running around it's always the little kids and the old people Ugh. and by that i mean mostly in locker rooms but like yeah. like the yeah. and this is a metaphor that my mentor has given to me was like when you're in the locker room both people both a young person so like early 20s and an, an older person, let's say, 50s beyond, uh-huh. are supposed to be in there naked and showering and stuff. Yeah. Like, one person has the towel just, like, absolutely clinging for dear life. Yeah. And then the older person is, like... I don't care. Letting it all hang out. Letting it happen. And I've been experiencing that myself in, like, a kind of a gender way is... I, uh... I, I wear my towel around my waist, and for some reason, that small act like makes me feel gender euphoria. Gender euphoria. Yeah. Because I'm just like walking around shirtless, and yeah. so even though I'm in the women's locker room, I'm just like, ah, these are these these breasts of mine are not things that I need to right. think about, and therefore I don't think about them. But I just kind of walk around with a lot more freedom for some reason. Yeah. And I don't know why it's happening in this way, but it is. It's because you're a. Uh Maybe you're engaging with that youthful energy of, like, I don't have to worry about this. like Totally. Because cause young people, like, the older you get, the more your brain fills up with these things that you should be worried about. Yeah. We're not taught to be concerned about all these things, you know? Right. And um, so that's all learned behavior. I mean, I, I've been having so many realizations – um, within the past couple of years of like all of the learned shame mm. and me thinking and going, I didn't care about this when I was insert whatever age I was right. before I started giving a shit about right. that thing. Right. You know, um, like why did I start concerning myself with this? Absolutely. You know, um, because yeah, it's like nothing like it's all, <laughs> this but it's like it's all a fucking like it's all just a bunch of rules that someone made up like totally. none of it's real you know and also that kind of you know goes back to pd and stevens their conversation whereas stevens like this is my job and pd's like that's not real and it's like it's very real for steven not only is it very real for steven but like a let's get meta whole show is dedicated to steven not pd no yeah offense, PD. sorry pd with sorry. your with your job with but real we, money but we don't that's a real job it. yeah sorry you're not it's not pd's universe no it's steven's universe steven's. on top of that how much more real can a job get than saving the world i know like isn't that the only job <laughs> that, that is that, like, like right that isn't is that the, the only thing that, that we should the be job. worrying about right. is like 
making sure everything just keeps going. Like, shouldn't we all just be like trying to save, save the, the world, world in our own little yeah. ways? And no, you don't ever get paid for that. Usually, no, yeah, exactly. Literally, never. No, those are the people that get paid the least. The absolute least. Absolutely. Are the people who are trying to actually save the world? Yeah, and get laughed at and shit on and all these. And things. nobody cares. No one cares. Nobody cares. So it is. That was kind of like a zinger, and it has clearly stuck with us as we've pivoted oh back from cat fingers, just because. So many times, yeah. Like. It's clearly this thing that's stuck with us is this idea of a real job and like adulthood meaningful. and like this. Yeah, yeah. Being like meaningful, like this idea of meaningful life being I'm going to get a job. I'm going to make money and I'm going to like progress in this like very traditional way. Meanwhile, Stephen very much in this side by side image, you know, we have Stephen like enjoying life being youthful and he enjoys the jelly coaster and he enjoys actually. he's like i'm feeling very tingly on the jellyfish that he's on whereas he's like, pete yeah. is on the seahorse the seahorse yeah. yeah um and so he's that's just, something yeah the je- i don't know what the, the <laughs> we don't know what exactly <laughs> i don't know what it is but it's he got his money's worth everything's a metaphor everything's everything what does the jellyfish mean um but you know and then we've got like oh man i forgot the the, the point I was making, because I started thinking about the jellyfish. <laughs> side by side of Stephen and Side by and side Petey. of Stephen and Petey. And we have Stephen, who is just not, like, everything is a game, you know? Everything is just play, and life is is about, like, enjoying yourself and exploring. And, like, you know, it's like he's just... Um, Man, oh my gosh. I hate when this happens. Ah! There's a lot of joy chasing. There's a lot of joy chasing. My brain, oh my god. I knew this was so bound to happen as I record podcasts because I can only keep focused for so long. And it's not even that I'm not interested in what I'm talking about. It's just that sometimes my brain goes. You don't goes, have to explain to me. This happens to me oh, constantly. I know. I'm, I'm ex- like, this is the most important thought I've ever had in my entire life. Gone. And now it's gone. Absolutely gone. Yeah. Every day of my life, man. Um, which, very Stephen of me. As, very Stephen of me. As we should be. As we should be. But if I may distract while you think about or Please. don't think. Uh, probably not. Cool. Um, I'm very interested in um, the fact that in these two episodes we also see work and family kind of coming um in both episodes they're very clearly connected so for pd yeah he's got a relationship that's fractured with his father because he has to wear this costume right fractured relationship uh-huh fractured Steven, pieces of shards sh- sh- metaphor very metaphor then there's steven in the next episode and steven and greg have such a pure relationship yeah and I can't help but think it is because they're, like, devoid of of power. There's no real pressure there. No. Like, Greg, right. though Greg isn't um, the, be- the most well-off, right. it doesn't seem like he's really striving to be, like, the best car wash person no. in Beach City. Um, and he's not really, like, trying to, like, to like do all of these things like to and we know he enjoys the sun because he's got a shirt tan. Enjo- 
huge which i'm always like are you ever wearing a shirt i know he has a shirt but it's very must, funny because why else would he have a shirt um, to him? but yeah i've but never yeah, seen him wear it, it not yet no nope. <laughs> um but it's like those things don't exist in their relationship and they get to just like enjoy their relate they they get to just like enjoy themselves which i have to think is on purpose like i have of to course. think that like the fact that Steven doesn't live with his dad is one of the main reasons why he doesn't have trouble with his dad. Oh, yeah. And I'm, obviously there's going to be some other trouble. I imagine right. there's going to be some right. relationship stress. Yeah. But at the same time, like, the fact that his dad doesn't have to be this enforcer or educator or, like, supervising figure. They have an unconventional family system that that works out for them seriously i mean it kind of like i'm really pivoting into a completely different arena here but it honestly has me thinking about like polyamory and like and um i mean like obviously i was gonna say boarding school but this is a whole that's a different thing different Different thing. thing but it just it gets me to thinking about like how there's this um focus these days on like unconventional relationship styles yeah and how a relationship can look different than i mean like we have all these traditional nucleus family systems of two parents and their kids you know and relationships are two people and they you know and they get married and they live together and it's like very rigid kind of in the way that we look at what relationships are supposed to be just bring it back to mad men just um, think about that bringing it back to mad men <laughs> i mean literally yeah seriously um and in the show nothing about like steven's house home life and family life is conventional so queer but it like it's so fucking queer but also it like it allows for so much space Mm -hmm. and it allows for people to like be the best that they can be. You know, Greg, Greg can be a great dad because he's not. And Steven is so much joy when he's with Greg. And he, and he gets to have this amazing relationship with his dad that is so wholesome and so full because they have allowed and had acceptance over the fact that they needed something different, you know, and that like the nucleus system doesn't work for them. I mean, it was kind of forced upon them by the fact that his mother is a literal alien, sure. like non-human get in the thing, way. Mm-hmm. Um, being, and she does not exist anymore, therefore leaving, gra- you know what I mean? Yeah. There are a lot of factors that push them into an unconventional situation. But, but Steven's needs as he develops are to have the guidance of the gems. Right. And to have a dad. And I think that all the needs are being met because of exactly. the way that they've allowed exactly. their dynamic to unfold. Yeah. I mean, it, we, you and I have talked enough about, like, the tension of child, the ch- like children and their parents and, like, how there's just mis- a lot of miscommunication. But, like, I can think most starkly the fact that, like, my parents perfectly modeled this nuclear American family thing. Mm-hmm. And I came out queer. Well, I meant of the womb, but also as a person and like they don't understand a lot of the things that I desire in my life right or the things that are very important to me mm-hmm. um or the fact that like their conventional version doesn't work for me is it's just one of those things where you when I when you start to really lean into queerness for, in terms of what I have done and learned, mm-hmm. like, at first I would have been like, polyamory, that's crazy. And now I'm like, 
sounds like there's something working there. Right. Like, maybe there's I don't so understand it, but it sounds like it's working for them. There's different ways to look at life in general. And once you start, like, existing on the fringes of, of society in any capacity. Yeah. And you kind of lean into that, which, you know, Stephen has kind of been forced to. They all have right. been forced to with the existence of these magical chim exactly. beings that have, like, totally uh, changed the reality of what life is Absolutely. for Beach City, you know? Um, it's, like, the further you get down that path, it's, like, I mean, like, anything kind of works for anyone as long as it works for you. As long as it works for you. As exactly. long as it works for you, it's, like, exactly. okay, yeah, cool. Like, what? I don't know. You like it. I love it. I don't care, you know? And like, I think that's where this the traditional parenting structure can really fail is that, like, mm-hmm. part of you, what you think your job is, is to impart wisdom. Right. And when you try to impart wisdom, you sometimes miss the fact that you're your student may not be the person that you think that they are. Right. So I actually, this is one of the, to tie it all back to this episode that we haven't talked about that much, but like I thought it was really impactful to see Greg grappling with his son's powers because mm. he can't teach them anything about it. He's completely he's, he's foreign, out of his depth. completely out of his depth, yeah. but completely aware of the fact that he's out of his depth. Yeah. Um, so when I say the whole show is a metaphor, I'm like, this magic gem thing could easily be equated to, like, we all have different personalities and need different things, and therefore, like, I very clearly see this hands-off parenting as a way to support that. So anyway, these are the themes I'm thinking about. These are the themes that you're thinking about this episode. And, you know, I feel like um, this show has so much dialogue around it. Like, I am not nearly the first person to do a steven universe podcast no okay there's probably a bajillion of them but i think the only one that's current well we're, we're I mean, the, the only one that's we don't shows, actually know anything we don't know but the show's out been out for a while so i yeah. do think that we're the only ones like probably still, like, still sure, 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 sure. but i think that this show has such a huge cult following because there is so much to talk about there's yeah. so much you can it's so expansive and it focuses on the lives and the interests and the struggles of people who rarely exist in TV, mm-hmm. let alone a children's cartoon. Yeah. You know, like, this show is already giving you queer, but just you totally. wait. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's really going to give you queer. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's so much that gets explored here that rarely gets explored. And it, allows space yeah, for people to it's talk giving about divine feminine it's giving it's giving yeah fuck. i'm i know i say this every episode but i just can't wait yeah as we keep watching i can't wait for you to like meet more characters i can't wait to learn more about the gems to be honest oh my god yeah. it's so good it there is an element of ongoing intrigue in this show uh-huh that i think many shows don't have like mm. there is an unfolding mystery to this show oh, you don't even yes like, there was very little exposition uh-huh. coming in. And then it wasn't until season... <laughs> Never mind, season. episode two. <laughs> it wasn't until the very second episode <laughs> that they introduced the fact that that uh, Stephen's mom isn't in the picture, but that she was a, a gem right. person. Right. Gem thing. A gem thing. Which <laughs> is very adult of this show. Yeah. Because I feel like... Kid shows usually give you a lot. They hand you a lot really quickly and they make it really clear um really early on and they continue that you know like this is what you're this is what we're watching you know and i think that this show 
you're like along for the ride. Like you're learning. It's like they're literally at the very beginning of this journey. Mm-hmm. And no one knows what the fuck is going no. on. And we're literally figuring it out with them. I would say come for the theme song. Stay for the fact that you know there's going to be a lot of information revealed later. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that they continuously circle things back. Yeah. They always do. I don't think I've seen anything yet that feels. Well, I even just like the fact that we see Fry Bo. And then the next episode, Petey's like. Mm, Working behind the desk. Working behind Mm -hmm. the desk. And Steven literally makes, oh, you're working at the fryer now. Like, he even does his own callback there. Interesting. And you then, know? okay, okay, okay. You know, there's, like, I mean, there's not too much yet, mm-hmm. but um, nothing, like, the world just gets richer, and, like, it just continues to build on itself. Which is very human-like. Very human-like, and I think that's why people get very attached to the show. People being it. me. I get it. Um, I can't wait. For the first time you watch this and you like ball your eyes out because it's going to happen. I am. It is very curious. Even the show that I'm uh, constantly comparing this to Gilmore Girls just because I have the same sort of like attachment that you seem mm. to have. But the, the world is so small within the first season. You pretty much meet everyone you're ever going to meet. Oh, that's so not true. For minus us at the show. minus like one or two people that you end up meeting in college. But like uh, they even brought back a high school friend to be her college roommate because they couldn't possibly introduce oh. a new character. And then like the audience can't the very it. last season, they give the main character two friends that didn't exist before. And you're Crazy. like, that's really sad. All of college, she never made a single friend. That is sad. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> that's what Christ. I'm saying. Like this show seems a lot. Um, Oh, this the world is so full. There's a there's a billion characters in this show. Yeah, I think that's really um, cool. Not a billion, but there's a, a shit ton. And um yeah, people you're going to you're going to be constantly meeting people. Okay. I hate that for me. Just socially, but I'm okay that it's on TV. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't have to actually meet these people in real life. Oh god. But remembering their names might become difficult. All right, I'll work on it. I'll we'll have a little keep a flash Wikipedia. Yeah, flash some flashcards. Flashcards, that's right. We'll, we'll, we'll keep, uh, you know, stevenuniversewiki.com. Okay. You know, they've got the wiki pages with everything, everyone's names. But once again, another stellar two episodes that got, me, got us thinking for sure. Absolutely. And I will tell you now that the next episode is, th- these were kind of demonic, mm. right? Scary. I was scared. I literally was watching this like, I'm fucking freaked out. I've mm. seen this before, and I'm also not a child. It was the but cat I'm... coming out of the stomach that really did it for me. <sighs> I mean, for me, it's like Frybo when you, he turns around mm. looking you oh, yeah, dead, dead in the, in the eye. eyes. Yeah. And then, like, the the freaking uh, spear going through his eyeball, and then just, like, all that ketchup. The, the ketchup, ketchup coming oh, out of so it. There's so much ketchup. I mean, the, I mean, the shot that I, I just realized it's, like, so, um, I mean, not that I can't believe they got away with it on TV, but, like, the shot that's just like the shadow of Frybo shoving fries, <laughs> where it's like that's horror film. Totally, that's like total horror movie. Yeah, which in a way is like kind of the job of a c- cartoonist to make fun of the genres that right. we see. So I like, I really right. appreciate when. But they, I also was like, Oof, <laughs> this is something that we should talk on later, just because I haven't seen enough to know. But I, but I do think I'm getting the impression that this job commits. I mean, the show commits to the bit in a way I really appreciate. Like, it commits Absolutely. to the existential crisis. It commits to the yes. dramatic car wash scene where Steven Ugh. gets washed. 
Yeah. And is like the music is horrifying the and he comes sh- out and he maybe isn't alive. Like the animation crew, the the, the everyone, everyone on this team this job is taken seriously and you can tell. I can t- I can tell wholeheartedly. It's a real job. It's a real it's a real job. <laughs> I do know someone, a couple people who have worked on this show. And it is a real job. I've met I've met them. It's we'll a real never job. Be them. No. I'm constantly jealous, and I love how, like, I'll gush. I can't believe you were. And they're like, yeah, go to work. Yeah, they're like, I fucking hate going to that place. Like, no, like, no, that's not, not no, even. but I'm sure not that they're even. like, if I had but to go it's, sit it's in that chair funny. one more well, time. Well, I know. It's like, yeah, yeah I have deadlines. Yeah, like, you exactly, know, I'm, like, right? watching it, like. I have structure. And I just, oh, Must my God. Nice. And I'm so emotional. And they're like, yeah, I got storyboards. They're due in, like, a week. Totally. Like, you know, I'm at work. This is, I, I work. But, you know, it's like. This show is really good, and you can tell that it wouldn't be good if it weren't for the fact that everyone on the show who makes it wants to make it good. Like, you can just fucking feel that this show, you know, has a good group of people behind it. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, on that note. On that note. Episode four. I'd say this show only has good people working on it. I think, yeah, you, me, and Tobes. Toby kind of checked out on this one, though. Yeah, she's napping. Yeah, and she's doing it well. Emotional support dog, though. Absolutely. She's killing it. She's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I feel, you know, this is this will be interesting. I feel the need to apologize for the fact that I was disassociating today. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. I would say let's let's stop at acknowledging the feeling and not let's let you apologize. No, I'm not going. Okay, I appreciate that. Yeah. No apologizing. But, I acknowledge the feeling. But appreciate the feeling and the sharing. Yes. But we're going to stop you from fulfilling your truest desire. Which is to, to apologize. apologize. No, fuck that. No, yeah. more, no, no, no apologizing. We, no apologizing for that. No. No. I was going to say no apologizing on this show, but that's not true. I feel that's like apologies. Should, it's going to happen this sometimes. Point. For me, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, same. Yeah. yeah. Which is okay. It's okay to not be perfect on this show. Definitely. Especially if it's like a mental state that you're in. Literally. I mean, look at look at everyone on the show. Nobody on this show is perfect. Uh-uh. I mean, are we. No. Even Pearl. Absolutely not. Yeah. Though she's maybe the the last one to admit it. Definitely. Absolutely. Which is one of her fatal flaws. Ugh, I know. No one's perfect except Garnet. Oof. Can't wait. Look. I don't think that's no, true. But, I'm just saying. But I do think that she's one of the last ones that we... No. So far, the only flaws now I'm seeing are like a little bit of emotional detachment detachment from her. Like, I, yeah, a little avoidant, which is something that I think is so cool. And then I'm like... Like, I have nothing in common with you. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I I'm really I'm really excited for for us to learn like Garnet's story together. So intriguing. And I'm I'm really excited for when we have an episode with her. Seriously, I don't think she's been the star yet. And she hasn't. We've had like an episode with Pearl. We've had an episode with Amethyst. Right. And I think Garnet is this beautiful enigma. And when you get to crack it, I mean, it's like you get excited as the audience member. And even that. it's like Steven gets excited because he also, yeah. you know what I okay, mean? Okay, so he knows. He's also, yeah. Ste- it's like, yeah. like Garnet's like the cool auntie. Cool. And you're like, damn. I She just kind of like travels You're like, can I stay with you for a week? And she's like, like no. She's like, sorry, I got, I'm flying to Paris. Yeah, like, I, I can't wouldn't know do what to that. do with a child. But then like, you, like, she takes you out for lunch once. And you One get to, like, time, yeah. And you get to sit and like, hear her life you story. Eat and oysters like, and, oh and fries and shit. Yeah. I don't have an aunt like this. 
I don't either. I'm just <laughs> I like this image this though. <laughs> world where I want to be that aunt. Yeah. No, I'm never. I, I could had a never be who that. I had an aunt like that, and it was very cool and enigmatic. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I'd ever be that detached though, as a person. No, I'm like, let me squeeze you. No, I know. I'm like, let me squeeze you and tell you everything all the time. And Agreed. I, and everyone's like, please stop talking to Agreed. me. Agreed. Same here. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, and on that note, thanks for listening to this podcast where we literally get to talk. Please stop. and squeeze well, you verbally. Please stop talking now, though. Okay. Yeah, I'm not done. you. I'm just saying we're. Telling They're yourselves. like, please fucking. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. Sorry, Fair that enough. wasn't that wasn't a me to you. That was. And now I and now I'll critic. apologize. I'll apologize too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, catch you next week. We. Oh, are the crystal gems. <laughs>